Sound Like a Pop series, Making a Musical. A while back, I sat down with the creators of a new musical entitled Invisible, the Musical. In our limited series, we interviewed the creators David Hollingsworth and David Orris about their journey from concept to the stage. Two years have passed. We decided it was time to check in. Just look at her, like a frumpy little worker bee. What was she going to do if the prom wasn't there to fill up her time? Gain more weight. Looks like a tasty treat. I bet you're hungry. Don't you eat? Prom can make a big girl dream. She's hot. Here, Kucho, show them what you got. On this episode, I will be talking to two of the actors who have been with Invisible from the beginning until now. Today, we talk to Alyssa Rupert, and Christy Brooks, who play the power girl duo known as the Tiffany's. So we are talking to Alyssa Rupert, and Alyssa, welcome to Some Like It Pop. Thanks. And, and also on the line, we have David Hollingsworth, as we spoke about, the writer of the script slash book. And Alyssa, could you just tell everyone um, your role in the show? Yeah, so I play one half of the most popular girls at the high school, Springboro High, where Invisible takes place. And basically, my name is Tiffany Madison. My other half is Tiffany Melrose. And, you know, the quintessential mean girl rules the school, represents, you know, everything that a lot of people don't like about the 80s. You know, a lot of the materialism, you know, some valley girlness in there. Um, but she's definitely smart. You know, they're on top of all the most popular clubs pop culture, and they're actually co-presidents of the high school. Okay. Um, we didn't talk to you the first time around when we started doing these series, but we did talk to Dan and Jordan, so mm -hmm. we know a little bit about the story. And can you just tell us what drew you to this role and to this script? Yeah. So the first thing that drew me, um, and when I found the posting uh, that they were you know, looking for roles for the show, I was immediately drawn to it because I love 80s movies, music, pop culture. Um, my mom actually graduated high school in the mid 80s. So I always, you know, watched all the different movies and listened to different music with her. So I was, you know, automatically drawn from the beginning. And really for the character, um, specifically for Tiffany Madison, um, the character archetypes for the voices that they wanted. They really referenced Belinda Carlisle and Madonna and Tiffany, you know, where they kind of get their names from. Um, so that's what really drew me. I just hadn't seen a show like that or postings for anything like that. So it, it automatically drew me in. David Hollingsworth, could you tell us a little bit about what you saw in Alyssa for this role as you were writing the script and rewriting it? Actually, Alyssa brings such a uh, uh, 
well, like like a, like a sense of fun, but also like this very dry sensibility to the role. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot about the Tiffany's that are um, they're they're um, uh, kind of sense of elevation almost becomes like in a cosmic sense where they they are so operating on their own level above the um, the rest of the student body that they're they're you know they almost they it's it's like they don't have to deal with sort of the 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 petty emotions of these earth people sometimes and Alyssa mm-hmm. like in particular like gives these line readings that are that are so hilarious um and so uh uh like yeah just the sense of like i uh, sure little peasants like that that kind of mentality that that <laughs> That absolutely drove, yeah, that, that drove a lot of the, the rewrites as we were going and, and even developing these characters even further. Like, yeah, sensing kind of like like how Alyssa would, would write these or, or would read these kind of lines definitely played into that. Aw, thanks. <laughs> absolutely. Alyssa, the way you and David are describing these characters, that they're kind of a, they can be very cliche mm-hmm. as in the people, I mean, everybody knows these girls. So, how do you approach something like that? Because you you don't want to necessarily think of them as a villain, but you have to find the humanity in them. So, what do no. you what do you bring to that to to make like make them human and almost relatable? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it all you know for me it always comes down to that you can't judge your character. You know what I mean? The moment that you start judging and the moment you start going off of you know what people are looking for in these stereotypes in cliches and things like that is the moment where, you know, I get really taken out of um, roles and things like that. So for me, it's really not judging, you know, the Tiffany's it's not judging them. It's really like, this is their world. Everyone else is in their own space and in their own world within theirs. Like he was saying, um, it's my world. No one else's in that really just really making everything super important to them, no matter how trivial, you know, that prom poster, oh my gosh, that has to be the most amazing prom poster because, you know, we need to be queen and all these things. And then, you know, just like everything is so important to them and needs to be a particular way. And it's just really just not judging the character and, you know, just making everything very important to them of what is important to them. And it might not be the most likable thing to the audience and things like that, but that's what it, what's important to them. And I feel um, what makes them all the different characters stand apart and invisible is that, you know, everyone's not judging their characters and they're just really like, what would this character be doing right now? David, when you were writing that, were you um, coming at it from a more human perspective, even though, I think a lot of people watching will relate to like these girls and roll their eyes. But as the show goes on, you kind of, like Alyssa was saying, it's hard to judge them because it's just, they are who they are and they're unapologetic about it. Well, absolutely. Well, one of the, one of the themes, especially that we're working with maybe even in a more elevated sense in this, in this sort of new draft is like everyone, everyone is sort of the hero of their own story. No one, no one is, is walking into school thinking that they're the villain. And the the Tiffany's are absolutely the hero in in their own mind of like, well, no, we're we're putting together this prom. We are doing all these things for these students that are going to improve their lives. Um, and and in a sense, they're doing it only out of the kindness of their own heart, um, <laughs> uh, despite the fact that, like, yes, it also comes with all this clout and all these 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 other things. Um, and and I think 
Yeah, that's 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 been a a a sharper focus, I would say, of this draft is making sure that yeah, the Tiffany's the Tiffany's don't even don't think of themselves as villains. They think of themselves as philanthropists, which um, which uh, you know, yeah, you can you can argue you know like whether or not yeah certain philanthropists all, all that kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that that was that was definitely a, um, a a a thing in the back of my mind as I was a. Uh, writing this that's such a good point that nobody thinks of themselves as the villain um it and that's just a testament to your writing about how we could tell the story from every single character's perspective and in their mm. mind they're doing something nice for someone else even chetwick or you know kemper or um you know even the tiffany's um tiffany i, I tiffany uh, <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> yes i saw the, I saw the um the staged reading at Burbank. So clearly oh, yeah. you've been with this for quite a long time now. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us what makes you stick with it and keep coming back and watching the show evolve? Yeah. So for me, I joined this right after I graduated from performing arts college. So I think that was back in 2015. So this is one of my first things, you know, since graduating and, um, why I stick around with it is just, it's so much fun. Every time, you know, you come in and you're working, you know, with great artists like the Davids, you know, they're so fun and great to work with and they listen to your input or concerns, you know, and they're rooting for you. And with all the different cast members, like everyone's in there to go in and have a great time. And with each revision, it just keeps getting funnier and funnier to me. Usually at like the first couple rehearsals, you know, there are times where like, I can't stop laughing and, you you know, I need to be quiet. Someone's saying their lines, but they're just so funny. And but always, even with each revision, it still keeps its heart. You know, that's never gone away. You know, whether a song is taken in or changed or revised or you know certain storylines, it's always had um, its heart in there. So that's why I keep coming back because it's fun, funny, and it makes you feel good. So you haven't seen the updated version. I have, um, actually was just sent the script. Um, and so I have been going over it for the rehearsals that we start next week, um, for our little workshop in Anaheim. And, um, I've definitely seen some cool things in there. You know, there's definitely some changes, you know, to a few songs or a few things like that. And, um, one of the things I noticed with the Tiffany's is that, um, you know, there, you get to see a little bit, a little bit, I want to say more levels from them, but there's a really interesting part where they're talking um, with Kemper, you know, and he's changed and he's like ruling the school and stuff. And they ask him, you know, you know, who are your friends? You know what I mean? Like, like who are your real friends? Um, you know, and you just you see like a, a different thing to that. And so some more issues, I think, are brought up by them. And I think it shows, you know, just a little bit more humanity you know, to them, which, you know, a lot of people wouldn't, you know, take right away thinking they're just the mean girls. Um, I've asked both of the Davids this before in the past. I don't know if their answers have changed, but I'm curious. Um, and you can say your character, but of all the characters, who would you say you relate to the most or mm-hmm. that you kind of see yourself in? That's a hard question. Um, well, when I put myself back into high school, it was really tricky because I never fit really into one group. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I did the whole theater thing, show choir, you name it, you know, but I also was in a lot of different academic clubs. And then, you know, I was athletic and played sports. Um, so putting myself back in relation to Springboro High, I, I guess for me, like not quite knowing where exactly where you fit in is definitely a lot more, you know, um, of what the main character, you know, sees himself in, you know what I mean? Not sure he wants to fit in somewhere, not quite sure where there's at. think it's one thing, not another. And then you realize, you know, everyone's trying to figure out their own stuff. But I definitely relate to the main character um, a lot in, in those regards. If I were to put myself in the shoes of high school, trying to find out where you are. Once again, a testament to great writing is to see yourself a little bit in every character. Yeah. So. We'll give our hats off once again to Hollingsworth. Well, thank you. That, I, that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> um, Alyssa, are you excited about the New York trip and everything? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, I remember um, when I got the email from the Davids, and then I, I was just so excited, you know, not even just to be asked to do it, but I was so excited for them. You know, they've been working on this for such a long time and, you know, really working hard and, you know, doing changes, revisions, really getting out there and getting the name out about Invisible. You know what I mean? So I was super excited for them. And I was like, and they asked me to come along for the ride. I'm like, heck, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Okay, so remind me, you guys have the performance that we're not allowed to mention until after it's over. <laughs> and then um, That's correct. how much rehearsal between that staged reading ends and the 54 below? Uh, we've, we've only got actually like, I think, three or four days, one of which is the yeah. day of the performance. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we're going to be working real hard in this. <laughs> pressure. Yeah, right? Absolutely no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Alyssa, are you um, a California native? Yes, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, California, so outside San Francisco in the East Bay, a little town called Antioch. And then I actually lived um, several years, middle school through high school, um, back and forth in western Pennsylvania. Um, so I've just, I lived there and I came down here in Los Angeles for college. Woo-woo. I'm from northeastern Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely can, um, you know, my high school experience there was definitely way more like Springboro High, where there really is like set divisions between like different kind of groups and popularity and sports and things like that. I have noticed that. Um, Hollingsworth, are you from the East Coast or are you from out here? Uh, I grew up in like the Central Valley of California. Okay, so not technically not, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but definitely. I have, I, ha I def definitely noticed growing up in Pennsylvania and moving here that the the show that I'm watching is more like a small town high school than yes. it is any typical Los Angeles high school or a big metro high school. So I guess that's maybe mm -hmm. why I love it so much because it relates to me more. And mm -hmm. let's face it, that's all I care about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that people who grow up in more metro areas, you know, the populations are so big that maybe they don't see this division and these clicks and everything. But it is in fact, especially in the eighties, very relatable. So, um, Setting it in the 80s was definitely a choice that we had talked about on a previous episode. 
And I know that you had, Alyssa said that you were fascinated with the eighties because of your mom. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't want to tell you how close to your mom's age I am, but (laughs) (laughs) what were some of your, um, besides the musical artist you, you mentioned, what were some of your like favorite eighties inspirations, like movie wise or TV wise? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, cause my, cause my mom's from Pennsylvania. So she went to high school out there, you know, so it even like reinforced what we were just talking about, how, you know, Springboro high really is kind of like more of a small town high school. And so for her, oh, we'd watch everything, everything from like Heather's to 16 candles and weird science, which this definitely, you know, is like my, my dream version of weird science. If it was like a musical or something, <laughs> weird science, Goonies, you know, we'd watch, you know, all the different shows from that time. And even like with different supernatural aspects, like I loved unsolved mysteries growing up and, you know, like sci-fi and things like that so not even just the music just like all the different pop culture from that time when you're um backstage or you're not on stage or involved in the action is there one song um that you're kind of attached to that you're not involved in Mm, that's uh, yeah I mean every single one even if if I'm not necessarily in it, I'm always jamming to, or it's become part of my memory and I want to sing along. <laughs> Definitely one that will always make me, always make me laugh is the kill the nerds um, with Chetwick that Jordan does. And he's so hilarious with it. And every time I watch it, there's something different. <laughs> every time I watch it, there's, he does something a little bit different with it. And then I can always love hemlock songs. You know, it's really, you know, like, heart power ballad you know what I mean her songs and so they're all I just always want to jam to them (laughs) oh believe me we have made no secret of our fan fandom adoration of Jordan on this whole series (laughs) it's just so funny and brilliant some of the things and I'm like how can you come up with that (laughs) so I'm excited to see it again (laughs) and the worst part about him is he's so nice I know. <laughs> Annoying. Um, okay, so what else are you working on besides this? Yeah, so for me, uh, right now, um, I actually, just a few weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to sing backups for Chris and Chenoweth at the Hollywood Bowl. And she's someone I've, you know, always looked up to, you know, up to a soprano who can also bell. And it's just like the funniest, nicest person ever. So that was such a truly, really cool experience um, just a few weeks ago. And then I actually just got... Um, a call uh, last week and it looks like um, I'm potentially going to go and uh, sing on a cruise line sometime next year. So that's going to be fun and have some opportunities to build my book. You said um, that you were singing back up for Kristen Chenoweth at the Hollywood bowl. Like people yes. say, I had to go visit my mom yesterday. Like that was the <laughs> most cool drop I've ever heard. <laughs> You know, I, I just, you know, Very tried to deal. make a big deal of it, but it was, um, it was, you know, helping with part of her charity called Places about arts education, you know, and which is something I'm a huge supporter of, you know, if I didn't have the arts when I was, you know, middle school and high school and growing up, you know, I don't know if I would be here where I am today or, you know, make the friends that I have and everything like that. Um, so it was in partnership with that. So um, we got to, you know, get her charity name out there, sing a few songs with her. And it, it she, in singing with her, it was like, 
you know, it's not like she's a soloist and you're, you know, doing backups or anything. She's really performing with you and making you um, a part of the experience. It was, I was really grateful for that. Again, no big deal. (laughs) Oh, I'm still pinching myself. I'm still dreaming. (laughs) Well, we like to wrap these up with uh, putting you on the spot and asking you what your favorite thing is about the Davids. My favorite thing about the Davids. Uh, well, first with Hollingsworth, since he's here, I love, um, I love when any one of the actors takes one of the lines and says it in a new or different way. And it was like, it would, it was like David Hollingsworth, like never even like wrote it before. And he's just like cracking up laughing. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, the script, you wrote it. And like the people just do it in a different way. And I love to see his reaction every single time. <laughs> and what I love um, about David Oris when working with him is that he is so he's right there in the performances with you. You know, I, I can remember um, a few different times um, during the leads, um, more kind of like evil number where he's kind of like, you know, getting out there and wanting to, you know, make his revenge, that whole song. David is just so in it with him. You know, I, I can see the acting beats right on Davis's face, David's face with the music. I don't even have to look at the actor. He's just so into it. And I've always loved that support. Well, then I will throw it to Hollingsworth, and I always like to make the other person go first because nine times out of ten, Hollingsworth is crying. Aww. So we're going <laughs> to we'll cut the Hollingsworth and ask you, what's one of your favorite things about watching Alyssa? Well, <laughs> well, first of all, thank, thank you very much, Alyssa, for just all the kind words and everything. Um. But... um. Uh, Alyssa, again, brings just such this, like, uh, unbelievable sense of timing to, to her, her performance, both in, well, both in just her, like, uh, incredibly powerful voice, like, like, there's that, but then, but then just her sense of comedic timing, um, especially when she's working with Christy or, or, like, bouncing off of, of Dan being Kemper and playing with that, there, uh, her sense of, of comedic timing is, like, impeccable, um, which, especially to me as the book writer, like whenever you can enhance one of my jokes with, with some nice timing, I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yes. Good. That was that you made that joke better than like, get a better response than it deserved. Thank you. (laughs) So thank you so much. Absolutely. Hello and welcome to our next cast interview for the Invisible the Musical. Tonight we're talking to Christy Brooks. Is that correct? Yep, Christy Brooks. Hello. Christy Brooks is another actress with the wonderful cast of Invisible. We're also talking to our favorite composer, David Orris, who is also on the line. Hey there. Christy, um, we didn't talk to you the first time around when we did interviewing the Davids and a few of the actors. So if you could do us a favor and introduce yourself and 
who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about the role you're playing in this musical. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to meet you all. And um, we're so excited to introduce this musical to audiences. And um, just a little bit about myself. Yeah, I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. So very far away from where I currently am in New York City. And um, I actually moved to L.A. um, about, gosh, almost 10 years ago. And I was able to meet the Davids and I had auditioned for this role and I saw it online and I knew that this was a dream role of mine. So I auditioned for this character at the time called Melrose and she is one half of the popular girls at Springboro High. So, uh, yeah, I'm so grateful that I, I happened to find this audition and I actually <laughs> came across the original audition video that I sent in where <laughs> we had so much fun. I sang, um, Material Girls by Madonna and I remember that being a last minute decision because I felt, I just felt this character so strong in my bones. I was like, there's something about Madonna, Material Girls in the 80s. Like, I just feel her. She's in pink and I just gotta do it. So I'm really glad I put that one on tape because it ended up you know here we are four years later and you know we're we're doing it so I'm so grateful to to be able to still um continue the conversation about this musical something I'm really passionate about and um yeah so so that's a little bit about me and I'm currently studying here at a conservatory at Stella Adler in New York City and gosh just been doing you know film and tv and musicals for pretty much my whole life i just love it so i'm honored to be a part of this incredible project (laughs) david orris can you talk a little bit about um what drew you to christy for this role i specifically remember that video we must have seen hundreds of auditions literally and i remember that video because it stuck out we i i've told you jennifer that we had some pretty specific 80s uh, nods in mind and Madonna was definitely a big one for the Tiffany's. I mean, there were many, but I just felt like Christy came on the screen and just was the character, nailed it. Like the look, the voice, the energy. And as we came to discover, but what was also evident immediately to us is that Christy brings a joy to her work. I feel like that I think is really necessary for these girls because they're not we didn't want to create any boilerplate characters. And um, so the Tiffany's, Tiffany Madison and Tiffany Melrose, the two popular girls uh, at Springboro High, they're not dumb. They're actually very smart. Um, they're just deeply self-involved. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just felt Christy brought something really magnetic and interesting and um, great voice. I just remember her being thinking she was perfect for the role, and she's proved that every time we've uh, mounted a presentation. Um, Christy, just to warn you, uh, every single interview I've given this week has been a love fest, so you're in oh for God. it. Just I was warned. just I'm like tearing up over here. <laughs> yeah, like, just, just so buckle sweet. up. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. And you know funny that you say that because in hindsight I've just I've been reflecting on these last few years and every time we get together it just feels right it feels like a family and there's such an intense chemistry not just on stage but off like we all just have such a genuine love for each other <laughs> again yes you're right love best but truly like we have such respect 
and adoration for the Davids. And I think in particularly because they just let us play. We were, I mean, of course, we, we come in and we're ready to work and we put in the time and the effort, but we really are so grateful to be able to collaborate and they've allowed us to make choices and really work together to create these characters. So I know on behalf of the other actors too, we're just so grateful for the opportunity to play and express that love that we have for each other on and off stage and then back on stage again. <laughs> I spoke to your counterpart, Alyssa, the other night Yay. and we were talking a little bit about the Tiffany's and in some instances you may construe them as the villains, but mm-hmm. one of the points that Hollingsworth made is that nobody's the villain of their own story. So mm-hmm. I'll ask you what I asked Alyssa in it. How is it that you bring humanity and um, relatability to the Tiffany's? That's a great question. I really see a lot of codependency in them, and I feel like that that's really true. And just all of us, we want to have connection with each other, right? And one of my favorite lyrics is at the end of the show. Um, it's one of the main themes of the show, and that's seeing more than what you know we kind of take at first glance. And I feel like what we can really bring and what we've brought to the Tiffany's is kind of just this sense of sort of playing the reality of what our egos really can look like. And sometimes, I mean, when we play the heights of these characters, the Davids have really let us go there and kind of expose just different parts of ourselves that are, are very honest and very true. And, you know, kind of seeing that in this mosaic of characters, what it means when we can actually go further and see kind of more deeply into someone that we're connecting with and saying, wait a second, there's more here. You know, there's more than just the ego. There's a need. There's a need for connection. And I think that that's really what I feel for sure working um, in this character and also working with Alyssa. She's just been incredible. She was the one of the first people that I met and we just had an instant connection. And um, yeah, it really kind of translates to kind of the sense of I feel like people really just want to be a part of something. They want to feel that sense of belonging and that sense of being. And I really kind of feel like we sort of personify that. And the fact that there's two of us kind of shows that picture of, yeah, our, our human need for connection. David, can you tell us a little bit about um, your impressions of the chemistry between Alyssa and Christy and why they work so well together? Sure. Um, I think... I think they're actually pretty different actors, mm-hmm. and I think that was part and parcel of what made it work. I think, um, I think uh, Alyssa has the way she plays uh, Tiffany Madison is um, maybe a little more still and grounded, and Christie's Melrose is a little more team leader taking charge. I mean, they both kind of play off each other and they ebb and flow in both ways. But I, I think they are the yin to each other's yang is the thing I'm, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Um, and there was something about that uh, energy difference between them that I think really works really well. And uh, not for nothing, so says the composer, their, their voices blend really nicely. I think also because they have two sort of different vocal qualities where there's an interesting intersection in their vocal timbres. I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling <laughs> on my new ship, but uh, yeah, I think they're, I think they're different enough that it makes it interesting while also having a lot of common ground. 
Christy, what are some of your inspirations when it came to playing this character, Um, whether it be from movies or TV or people in real life? Where did you draw that from? Oh, man. Um, Well, I'd I'd say Kristen Chenoweth is a huge inspiration um, just in terms of, you know, actors and artists of our time. Her energy is someone that really inspires me all the time, but particularly for kind of the sense of, you know, just kind of being this fun character that you really, you really kind of, you enjoy them, even though, you know, they are, as you sort of mentioned, a sense of um, kind of a villain in a sense, but, um, you know, they don't really learn much by the end of it and they are extremely codependent, but I feel like they have just that, they do have a likability about them. And I, I kind of like to bring in a little bit of the Christian Chenoweth vibe. Um, I, I also, <laughs> I look I look up a lot to Helena Bonham Carter um, in terms of, she did this character, the Red Queen, and uh, that was in the new Alice in Wonderland. And I love her approach to this height of the character and being able to play, you know, this zany kind of popular girl who really just wants power and control. Like that's, that's her main, you know, vibe. She really desires that. And, uh, and I really love how Helena Bonham Carter played the queen, just kind of when she's losing control and what she does to sort of contain that and keep it grounded. And I definitely say it's a mix between kind of Kristen Chenoweth's kind of, you know, persona added in with Helena Bonham Carter with um, the queen in <laughs> the new Alice in Wonderland. I like the thought of a, a mix between Kristen Chenoweth and Helena Bonham Carter. That's like every Broadway kid's oh dream. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? They're amazing. <laughs> um, can you tell us what your favorite song is to perform and also what your favorite song is that you're not in? Oh my goodness. Kill the Nerds is my favorite song to watch. It is hysterical. Every person that is alive on planet Earth needs to watch this musical, if anything, for this exact moment. Kill the Nerds is hysterical. I love, love, love that song. Um, I'd say the finale is, is, um, is my favorite of going back to, I, I mentioned it earlier, but that last lyric, when we sing, you'll see more. And there's this harmony that really sort of transcends even us as actors and performers when we're on stage and we are sort of inviting the audience in to see more to go beyond you know what we kind of go through in our daily lives it it really sort of brings us outside of ourselves and sort of allows the audience in and invites them to allow us in as well so definitely the finale (laughs) now you've been one of the ones that have pretty much been with this since the beginning correct Yes, I'm so grateful to see it develop and to be a part of this incredible journey. So why have you chosen to stuck, stick with it all these years? Um, that's a great question. For me personally, um, David and I were chatting about this the other day. Um, we were talking about, you know, really the themes of the show and I'm kind of going back, like I was just saying, to sort of see beyond ourselves and uh it's actually been, I don't know if David really knows this, but it's kind of been a, a theme in my own personal life. I had lived in LA for um, many years and I'm from Hawaii. And so there's a certain connectivity in the sense of aloha and the spirit of just celebrating humanity and different cultures and different people and different ways and personalities. And um, I sort of felt a sense and need in myself to return to that 
connection. So I left LA and this show just kept reappearing in my life at these moments where I was like, yes, this is what I want to say right now. This is what I want the world to know that we can be stronger together, that we can forget elitism and forget what power, you know, can do and use our power to come together and uh, allow that space for individuality. And uh, and I, I really felt like it was a reflection kind of of my journey as an artist. And I'm really just addicted to singing the music. It's so beautiful and profound. I'm so grateful to be able to honor David Orris and his incredible score. And um, yeah, and really, it's it's just sort of been this ongoing theme of my life of sort of let go of needing to prove anything as an artist and really just kind of lean in and accept my crazy and accept the crazy of, you know, the just artists around us. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of spoken to me on a much deeper level than I've, I'm really glad I can kind of thank David right now for that. So it's been a nice parallel. So um, yeah, there's so many appeals, but definitely this common theme of seeing more. <laughs> Do you see yourself, Christy, um, in any of these people from high school? Like when you were in high school, do you see yourself in any of these roles? Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I mean, I can see, you know, in high school, it's such a trying time, right? There's so much that you're going through. Um, I definitely was... um, a lot different than Melrose in terms of the way they treated people. Tiffany Melrose uh, is very, very strong and, you know, the instigator. I was a little more like wanting to include everyone and, you know, be super kind. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, I think I would relate actually a lot more to Hemlock. She's very artistic and, um, just kind of different. Um, so, but there's, there's parts of me that are a little bit like Tiffany Melrose as well. She's, you know, she can be crazy and fun and that's definitely, that's definitely part of, of who I am. So it's, it's fun. I mean, you know, I feel like everyone can relate to someone in this cast. I mean, you, you'll see and you'll be like, oh, that's totally me in high school, you know? <laughs> now, I know you're already in New York, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on the upcoming performance in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that it's it's about time. Honestly, New York needs to see this show, and I'm so incredibly grateful to be a part of it and to be able to just really see how the show has grown and evolved and, you know, to have Mark on the project and to have these incredible Broadway performers on the project. I'm just happy to be here and to support in, in the way that I know how to best. And, you know, just to be able to present it is, we're all incredibly excited and yeah, we cannot wait. It's like this gift. I feel like we're able to finally share with the world that we've been quietly building over the last four years for me, but I'm sure for the David <laughs> much longer. So I can only imagine how they feel. <laughs> Well, um, the way that we like to wrap these interviews up is to continue with the love fest. And the most important thing I'd like to hear from you is what do David Orris and David Hollingsworth mean to you? Um, I'm fighting back tears. (laughs) Um, I'd say hmm, there's so much that they, that they signify. Uh, they have such a strong, um, stance on celebrating who we are as individuals. And I think that that um, is a message that the world really needs right now, especially with what's going on just in our culture and our country. We really need this music. And 
and beyond being incredible people and great friends, we've really gotten to, you know, see a lot of each other over the last four years. But I really feel like they, they mean the world to me because we're able to partner and to share this message of coming together and really just loving our neighbor. And I feel like it really is that sense of, of for me, it's aloha, it's love, it's um, acceptance and being brave enough to say, I see that you're different than me and that's okay. And that's what the show represents. And I know that that's the heart of the Davids that they put into the themes of the show. And as an artist, I couldn't be more grateful to be a part of something that I truly am proud of. Oh, I guarantee you David's crying right now. So we're going to ask him the same question and ask you what Christy has meant to you. You guys, (laughs) Um, (laughs) thank you so much for all the incredibly, incredibly kind words, Christy. It really means a lot. Um, Oh, my God. and, and And thank you, Jen, for teeing all of that up. You're doing it to me yet again. <laughs> it really means a lot to me. Um, Christy is wonderful. We have, I, I mean, we've, you know, I, I know, I, I just feel like a, I must sound like an insincere cheese bag, but I, I'm 100% sincere. We're, we're so lucky and blessed to work with people like Christy who are so talented, who, as you can just, as you just heard, who just get it. Um, who get the show, who get the characters. I, I said something similar about Jordan um, when we were doing that interview, and that is, uh, it's the same about the Tiffany's. Um, these characters that seem um, like they might be simple to play are actually the hardest to play. It's, it's hard to play a character. I mean, not hard like, it's it's challenging. It's multifaceted to play a character like Tiffany Madison. You can't just show up and do it. You have to be as intelligent as Christy and Alyssa are to play characters like that. It's it's not enough that they've got good comic timing. It's not enough that they've got killer voices. It's not enough that they are good at making character choices. They have to be able to do all these things and have a heart in it and get the ethos behind it to be able to do it correctly, and they both do it really well. Um, and it's not easy. Uh, Christy has a generosity of spirit, has shown up ready to work, ready to play, ready to offer new ideas. I mean, I don't know if she knows that or the degree to which the actors know this, but every time they tell us something, like Christy has expressed some of those comments about the finale to me, which are very meaningful to me, um, those, those go into our decision-making process. You know, the, the finale... We've, I mean, we have like two whole shows worth of music that have been killed. <laughs> um, like there, there are at least 40 songs that the world will never hear now um, that, that have been taken out of the show. But the finale has stayed partly because of some of the things Christy has said to me and, and, and other actors as well. But um, it's, it's incredibly meaningful to me um, and, and incredibly useful because when someone has an honest response, and shows up with their heart. Um, the, there's nothing more valuable than that, from my point of view as an artist. So that, that's how we learn what works, and we can see what people are responding to. And uh, Christy gives you that in spades. She's just so talented and so kind, and such a great person to work with. And um, feel deeply lucky. And, and I would also like to say because she was echoing a lot of the things Jordan said about it needs to be in New York, which I so appreciate. Appreciate We teed none of that up. 
We did not <laughs> we did not tell him to just say that. So thank you for those incredibly kind comments. Of course. Thank you for having me. You guys are so cute. Um, Christy, <laughs> tell us what, besides Invisible, what are some other things that we can look forward to seeing you in? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, part of my journey back um, in Hawaii before I made the big move to New York City, it's all about, you know, ease and kind of really just trying less with the, the whole, you know, entertainment career. <laughs> but it was amazing. Things just started kind of happening more naturally. And um, I got a, I got a, an audition and a, I ended up booking a role for this new film called Midway. Um, it's directed by Roland Emmerich and it stars Woody Harrelson, Jonas Brother in the movie, Mandy Moore. There's so many people in this film. It's an incredible cast and I'm truly honored and just lucky to be a part of it. Um, it comes out on Veterans Day, November of this year. And yeah, I'm really excited for the world to see that film. It's going to be, it's going to be a really, really beautiful film. The trailer is now available so people can go and kind of check that out. But, um, yeah, everyone go see Midway. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. All right, we will. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to Some Like It Pops series, Making a Musical. Invisible the Musical will be performing at 54 Below in New York on September 2nd at 9.45 p.m. Tickets are available on the website 54below.com. Follow at invisible underscore show for all the latest updates. You can also find us on Twitter at SLIP podcast for the latest news on our upcoming episodes. And you can find Matt at BWW Matt and myself at Eponine Q.